This is Lions on Lockdown, a podcast about the coronavirus outbreak and how it affected the Penn State campus. Perhaps the most anxiety I've ever felt was when I was in Newark Airport, right before my flight to Italy for my semester abroad. I had wanted to go abroad since I was a child when my mom told me all about her abroad experience in college. Yet the night of my flight a year and a half ago today, all I could think about was how I wanted to turn around and go back to my normal, stable life in State College. It's not an unusual feeling by any stretch of the imagination. Going abroad not knowing anyone is scary. At the beginning of this year, Courtney Guthridge was facing a 30-hour flight to Australia. She had no idea what would await her on the other side. And while it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, there were some issues. Yeah, I actually went there entirely by myself. And facing the complete unknown of a half a year across the world caused a little anxiety. I cried the whole way there, like the whole way to the airport. (laughs) I was like, this is a horrible idea. She had only a week and a half to spend at home for winter break before embarking on a semester-long journey to Australia without even having been there nor knowing anyone in her program. However, Guthridge quickly started to overcome the obstacles that faced her when going abroad. She made friends and adjusted to the 15-hour time difference between Pennsylvania and Australia. But regardless of that, her program didn't start off on the easiest footing. And when we got there, it was like the height of the bushfires. It seems like a decade ago, considering everything we've been through. But in January of this year, Australia's bushfires were ravaging the continent. The skies were all red. Everyone was really sad. Everyone was walking around with masks on. It literally smelled like a barbecue in your backyard, like all the time. Already anxious about her experience, the bushfires dampened the start of Guthridge's mostly positive start to her semester. You got there all excited for your study abroad to like beat the beach and start school, and it was just like really not unwelcoming, but like a sad time to get there, I guess. However, while the fires were severely impacting life in Australia, there was another issue starting to gain global attention a continent over. Though, like most of us, Guthridge had little knowledge of what this problem would become. What happened was um, my parents wanted to come visit at some point when I was there. Planning her family trip to Thailand at the end of January, Guthridge encountered a strange logistical issue. I just remember my mom telling me, like, there's this weird, super weird thing going on in China right now. And our connection was through Hong Kong or something like that. And she was like, my company won't let me come into work. Guthridge's parents had to quickly reroute their trip. And when she finally got to Thailand, she caught her first glimpse of how serious the virus was becoming. Once we got there, that was like all everyone was talking about, like all the taxi cab drivers. I It was all over the news and everyone, like no one really knew what it was. It was just like this bat soup thing, like super weird. Regardless of the scare in Thailand, once her parents went back to America and she went back to Sydney, there was no talk of the coronavirus even having the potential of impacting everyday life. As weeks went on, she continued to study and travel throughout the area without issue. But in Europe, things were starting to get problematic. While life in Australia was business as usual, Italy was experiencing the first coronavirus outbreak outside of Asia. This presented a unique issue that had never before been dealt with. Italy is the second most popular destination for American study abroad students. Each year, over 30,000 of them will spend a term abroad in the country. 
When the virus spread, first to Milan and then down through the entire nation, the numerous study abroad programs had to figure out how to deal with this unprecedented issue on the fly. Caterina Rossi works at IES in Rome, a study abroad program. She was one of those people who had to figure out what to do with over 100 Americans in her program. For IES, IES decided to, at the very beginning, to give the choice to students if they wanted to stay or if they wanted to move back. Rossi was dealing with dozens of different universities, some forcing their abroad students to go home, others not saying anything. Facing this dilemma, IES postponed in-person classes for two weeks. Tons of students went back to the U.S., but while others decided to move around Europe just for a couple of weeks to see if the situation would get better. It seems ludicrous now to allow students to travel around Europe at the beginning of a pandemic, but it's important to remember Rossi, nor anyone in IES, had the luxury of hindsight. Of course, without understanding, we were not even understanding that because it's not a situation that can evolve better in a couple of weeks. By this point, the beginning of March, Rossi and the rest of IES need to rush to get everyone back home safely as Italy prepared to go into lockdown. Then we reached out to all the students in Europe, asking them to buy a tickets for the United States as soon as possible. And then tickets were becoming very, very expensive, Jim. So $2,000 for a flight from, I don't know, Barcelona to New York or whatever. Back in Australia, Guthridge was hearing all about this. My best friend was in Florence, and she was like, they're talking about having us leave. Like, it's getting really bad here. I might come stay with you. But regardless, she didn't think it would be an issue that would be facing her. There's no, because there, it was, it wasn't even like Australia is so far from everywhere else that it's mm-hmm. like they hadn't even like heard about it yet. Like it was like, like to them it was, it was still this like weird distant thing that would like never come to them. Like they were completely normal. Little by little, however, things would start to change. And they were all like, you're next, just wait. And I was like, there's no no shot. Like, it's just not happening. And then it went to the US. And the first uh, school that pulled kids was Clemson from Australia. And I was like, everyone was shocked. Clemson was just the first school that pulled students from Australia. And a few others followed. But there was no word from Penn State. And furthermore, the virus had not yet become a problem down under. And I was like, that would never happen to us. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Even if they do send kids home, like I'm staying because we were on an exchange. So like, I was like, I'm in an Airbnb. I'm not on school housing. I have a visa here. I'm like, I, even if classes go online, like they have no way of making me go home. I'm like, I'm just not going home. There's no way. However, as time went on, more and more people fled Sydney to go back to their families in the States. My school there had shut down at this point, so it was all online. So I was like, I can finish online and just stay here. And it started coming to Australia, kind of. They were starting to have cases. Um, And at home was like, the US was like completely on lockdown at this point. A lot of kids were gone. I was like, a lot of my friends are gone. My roommates were leaving, but I was like, it's so bad at home and it's so much better here. Why would I leave? While staying had previously been a no-brainer for Guthridge, each passing day made it less likely. And 
people were having a lot of trouble getting flights and they were just canceling flights like left and right. They were like, if you stay, there's a potential, they could just stop flights at any point. And then at that point you'd be stuck here till like June-ish. Unlike in Italy where the virus had produced a sudden stop to abroad programs, Guthridge experienced a slow decline. Little by little, things started to get bleaker and bleaker. Like all my friends were gone. I didn't want to get stuck there. <laughs> till like June and I just felt like really uneasy staying there by myself for like indefinitely um, and things were starting to shut down it just was like really scary. Fearing being stuck in Australia, missing an internship and family, Garthridge made a decision that she had previously assured herself she wouldn't have to make. Guthridge finally booked a ticket home. Her flight, which started in a desolate Sydney airport, was convoluted to say the least. I was by myself too for the whole 30 hours. I all my a bunch of my connections got canceled, so I ended up having to go through four different airports. She went from Sydney to Los Angeles to Chicago to Houston, and then finally back home to Philadelphia. Flights were continually getting canceled with like no warning. Needless to say, it was not an easy journey back home. <laughs> I literally sat and stared at the seat in front of me for probably 10 of the 15 hours just doing nothing because I was just like so numb at the fact like I just like couldn't even wrap my head around it like the fact that everything was so bad at home really scary it was really sad um, but it just like didn't feel real. Now back in Pennsylvania life is quite different for Guthridge though she still thinks about the life she was forced to leave behind. We were supposed to go to Bali. We are supposed to be in Bali right now, so that sucks. <laughs> Beyond that, online classes were a bit more challenging for her than they were for most other Penn State students. The teachers like don't know what to do with all the different, since it's an international school, all the different time zones. So like, I had a presentation, and like we have finals, and it's all mm. in Australian time, and they can't really like change it. Mm. And it's 15 hour time change. Like stuff could be at like three in the morning for us. Being home has also changed her perspective on the virus. But it really puts your priorities in check, I guess. What is abroad more important than like being with your family during this time or like your safety or a potential internship to get home for, things like that. Um, and I guess just seeing the impact because like I said it wasn't really fathomable there because it wasn't as bad there. And through all the trouble that she went through she's still finding a way to look at the positives from the situation she was put in. As much as like I felt really bad for myself but seeing it here I feel like it's a lot easier to be grateful for the time that I did have and like losing a rod and losing my or my internship going online like all could be really sad things but I'm just happy like I still have my job and still have like didn't my health and stuff like that. Study abroad is a once in a lifetime experience for most of those who do it, and having it cut short is very difficult to say the least. In a world where it seems like nearly everyone lost something that's valuable, whether it be a study abroad cut short, a graduation canceled, or a sports career ended early, it does make it easier not to sulk at what you've lost, but rather appreciate what you had. in the sixth and final episode of Lions on Lockdown. You know, I was kind of like, hey, look, we're in a basically a sabbatical that none of us asked for. I'm going to use this time to 
to reach out to different people and, and coaches and, and try to get them together and let's just let's just talk. I asked everyone I interviewed through this process one simple question. What has the coronavirus quarantine made you appreciate the most? Hear their varied responses and their diverse outlooks on the lockdown next week.